Hi, this is Douglas Boyd with the Inspire Preaching Podcast. Have you ever really thought about the Samaritan woman at the well in John chapter 4? She has been portrayed for many years as a loose living woman because she had been married five times. But what is the real truth about this woman? It's going to be a very interesting lesson today as we talk about the Samaritan woman at the well, broken but fixable. Sometimes in life it doesn't always work out. And I know a year ago for a lot of you it didn't work out. It was disappointing, it was hard, it was a tough year. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes you get knocked down. But the question I have for you, are you gonna let that moment define you? Or are you gonna say, you know what, it's disappointing, it hurts and I really don't like it, but I'm gonna be the first one back up because I'm not letting that one moment define me. Welcome to the Inspire Preaching Podcast. I am your host, Douglas Boyd, and we want to encourage you to rise higher, to dig deeper, and to go farther in your walk with the Lord Jesus Christ, and above all, to never, ever give up, but to keep moving forward in the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to the Inspire Preaching Podcast. I'm your host, Douglas Boyd. Thank you so much for joining us today. We're so glad that you're here with us, and we want you to know that you are a blessing to us. If this podcast has been a blessing to you, please consider subscribing to it, and then take it a step further and invite your family and your friends to be part of our podcast family. Are you having a great weekend? As I record this, it's Sunday night. My voice is a little bit frazzled from having church today, but I'm excited about what the Lord is doing. We serve a great God, don't we? Today, we're talking about the Samaritan woman at the well. Broken, but fixable. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so glad that you're here. We have a great subject today. We are looking at John chapter 4, verse 3. It says that he left Judea and departed again to Galilee. But verse 4 says something very interesting. It says, but he needed to go through Samaria. There was a reason that he needed to go through Samaria. For the first time, he was going to reveal himself as the Messiah. And when we think of this, we think, well, he's going to announce it to a great religious leader, someone of upstanding moral character that's hungry for God and lives the perfect life. Maybe a leader of a synagogue, maybe a person in the high priesthood. No, he was going to a little lady in Samaria with a troubled life, but he needed to go through Samaria. Verse 5 says, So he came to the city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave his son Joseph. Verse 6, Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat by the well. It was about the sixth hour. 
Verse 7 says, A woman of Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. This is very interesting. Listen to this. We're going to go back to this later. Verse 9 says, Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask drink of me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Verse 10, Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Verse 13, Jesus said to her, Whosoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him, he will never thirst. But the water that I shall give will be a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Verse 16, Jesus said to her, Go and call your husband to come here. Verse 17, The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You have well said, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one that you now have is not your husband. Let's jump over to verse 23. Jesus said, But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship him. Verse 24, God is spirit, and those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, who is called the Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her in verse 26, I who speak to you am he. Verse 28, the woman then left her water pot, went into the city, and said to the men, Come and see a man that told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Then they went out to the city and came to him. Verse 39, And many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. What an incredible story. And I want to play you this story from the series, The Chosen. It is an incredible job of acting and portraying the heart of Jesus Christ, the love and the mercy and the grace that he extends to this troubled woman. Let's go to it right now, The Chosen and the Samaritan Woman at the Well. Give me a drink. Did you hear me? That's bad, huh? What? You, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a Samaritan, and a woman. I'm sorry. I should have said please. You know, it's not safe for you to be alone out here. Nor you. Why haven't you come with others? Why so late in the day? Don't women come to the wells in the, the cool of the morning? Yeah, well. None of them will be seen with me, so I have to come at noon, in the heat, as you have so kindly reminded me. Why won't they be seen with you? Long story. I'd, I'd still like a drink of water, if you can spare it. Amazing what a parched throat will do. Aren't I unclean to you? Won't you be defiled by this vessel? Maybe some of my people say that about your women, but I don't. Yeah? And what do you say? I say, if you knew who I am, you'd be asking me for a drink. Really? And I would give you living water. Would. Except that you have nothing to draw water with, and this is a deep well. Besides, what do you need from me if you have your own supply of living water? Wrong story. But Jewish water is better than Samaritan water. Hmm? That's not what I said. Are you a better man than our ancestor Jacob? 
who dug this well? Your water is better than his? I know, Jacob. And everyone who drinks this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks the water that I give him will never be thirsty again. Wouldn't that be nice? The water I give will become in a person a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Really? Yes, really. Prove it. First, go and call your husband, then come back. I will show you both. I don't have a husband. You are right. You've had five husbands. And the man you're living with now is not your husband. <laughs> oh, I see. You're a prophet. You're here to preach at me. No. Usually the one good thing about coming here alone is I can escape being condemned. I'm not here to condemn you. I've made mistakes. Too many. But it's men like you who have made it impossible for me to do anything about it. How? Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain. But you Jews insist Jerusalem is the only place for true worship. They say that because the temple is there. Yeah. Exactly where we're not allowed. I'm here to break those barriers. And the time is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. So, where am I supposed to go when I need God? I've never received anything from God, but I couldn't thank him even if I did. Anywhere. God is spirit, and the time is coming and is now here that it won't matter where you worship, but only that you do it in spirit and truth, heart and mind. That, that is the kind of worshiper he's looking for. It won't matter where you're from or what you've done. Do you believe what I'm telling you? <sighs> Until the Messiah comes and explains everything and sorts this mess out, including me. I don't trust in anyone. You're wrong when you say that you've never received anything from God. This Messiah you speak of, I am he. The first one was named Ramin. You were a woman of purity who was excited to be married. But he wasn't a good man. He hurt you, and it made you question marriage, and even the practice of your faith. Stop it. The second was Farzad. On your wedding night, his skin smelled like oranges. And to this day, every time you pass by the oranges in the market, you feel guilty for leaving him, because he was the only truly godly man you've been with. But you felt unworthy. Why are you doing this? I have not revealed myself to the public as the Messiah. You are the first. It would be good if you believed me. You picked the wrong person. I came to Samaria just to meet you. <laughs> Do you think it's an accident that I'm, I'm here in the middle of the day? I am rejected by others. I know. But not by the Messiah. And you know these things because you are the Christ. I'm going to tell everyone. I was counting on it. <laughs> Spirit and truth. Spirit and truth. 
life it won't be all about mountains or temples. Soon. Just the heart. <laughs> you promise. I promise. This man told me everything I've done. Oh, he must be the Christ! <laughs> Absolutely incredible. And seeing the visual aspect of it is even more powerful. Today, I want to talk to you about this subject, broken but fixable. Let's pray. Father, I praise you. Give us ears to hear your word and a heart to receive it. Lord, those that hear this that are broken, that are hurting, that they feel like life has given up on them, that they've made too many mistakes, that God can't possibly love them because they've made too many mistakes. Lord, touch them right now and let them know that they are fixable by your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Over the centuries, the woman at the well has been preached about probably tens of thousands of times. She is often portrayed, now hear me, hear me now, she is often portrayed as loose living, a man chasing floozy. After all, she's been married five times and now she's shacking up with a guy. So she must be a woman of low morals. I came here today to tell you that I don't believe that. I don't believe that she was loose living at all, not one bit, and I believe that I can prove it. I believe that this woman was a victim of society, a victim of the cruel day in which she lived, a day and a society where women were treated badly and stepped on by the world. It's my belief that this woman had a broken and a crushed spirit, a broken heart. The fact that she couldn't get water in the cool of the day showed that she was spurned by society. She was rejected by those around her. This nameless woman, she had a couple of things that were working against her. Number one, she was a Samaritan. Samaritan were half Jew and half Assyrian. Because of previous wars, most of the Jews hated the Samaritans and vice versa. This is why the parable of the good samaritan is so powerful and if you'll remember right james and john when some samaritans were mean to jesus they wanted to call down fire out of heaven to devour these people and jesus said no you don't know what spirit you're of i have not come to destroy men's lives but to save them and there were even horrible jewish traditions that stated if you had a samaritan in your home you were cursed by god and number two, the second thing that she had working against her was that she was a woman. Things were different in the first century for women. They were more like property and some were looked down on. Being a woman in the first century Israel was very difficult. Most women could not read and they were viewed by some as second class. Marriage could be a lifeline for a woman without it. She could be forced to live on the streets and fend for herself. An ancient rabbinic proverb stated that it would be better to burn the law of Moses than for it to be recited by a woman. Think about that. Women were not even allowed near the Holy Scrolls. Even in the synagogue, they couldn't sit with their husbands. They had to sit away with the other women. Neither were they permitted to speak in the synagogue. Another ancient rabbinic saying said, Thanks be to Yahweh for not making me a woman. So this woman, knowing that Jesus is a Jew, she is shocked that he is speaking to her. 
Oh, my friends, the love of God is so powerful. The mercy of God is so powerful. The grace of God is so ever-reaching. Verse 9 said, Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink of me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus and this woman have this intense, intimate conversation about God and about the nature of God and about worship and about the living waters of the Holy Spirit. And it's absolutely incredible and shows once again God's incredible love, mercy, and grace. So here is this woman, and the scripture doesn't give her a name, and she's been married five times, and she's now living with a man who won't marry her. And I believe that she was broken. I believe that she just wanted someone to love her. Again, she's often thought of as having loose morals, a floozy. She's often looked at as being a tramp, a gold digger. But listen to me today, listen. In first century Israel, it was extremely unlikely for a woman to be married multiple times, much less five times. They could literally divorce you for any reason. I don't like the way she dresses. I don't like the way she fixes her hair. I don't like the way that she cooks. In the first century culture that she lived in, if you were divorced, you might as well hang a sign around your neck that said, loser. Hang a sign around their neck that said, she has no value. Hang a sign around the woman's neck that says, she's shameful, no good, damaged goods. So why did men keep marrying her? They must have seen something about it. She must have been a woman of great beauty and great promise and great talent for these men to see value in her and want to marry her. So why did they divorce her? We can't prove it by scripture, but it is probable that the reason she was getting divorces was because she could not bear children. In that day, they believed that children were a heritage of the Lord, especially a male child. And you were considered cursed if you couldn't bear children. You were considered that the Lord had closed up your womb. If she could not give these men children, that was more than enough reason in that day to have a divorce. She is discarded by five men like a piece of trash. She probably couldn't read. She was broken. But here is the good news today. She was broken, but she was fixable. Praise God. This world is full of broken people. And here is the thing. Through God's grace and power, they are fixable. We've got the news that they need, and we've got to reach out to those that are broken. We've got to reach out to those that are broken. Now, many in the church world may think that these people are not fixable. Those people themselves may think that they are not fixable. Much of society may have given up on people that are broken. But I'm telling you today that Jesus Christ, the love and the mercy of Jesus Christ can not only fix them, it can redeem their life from destruction and give them joy unspeakable. Amen. Amen. The story of the woman at the well teaches us that God loves us in spite of our bankrupt lives, in spite of our past mistakes, in spite of our many struggles, in spite of the baggage that we carry. He loves us. I said he loves us in spite of our wrongs, in spite of ourselves, in spite of our baggage. God loves us. God values us enough today to actively seek us like he did this Samaritan woman 
to welcome us to an intimate relationship with him. And he rejoices when we pray and when we worship. He knows that we are a mess. He knows that we carry baggage. He knows that we are all broken. But he also knows that we are fixable. Jesus didn't have to go through Samaria, but he was seeking out this one woman. This one woman sparked a revival in the entire city. As a result of Jesus speaking with her, this Samaritan woman, an outcast from her own people, sparked something within that city that never died. Oh, the grace of God. The grace of God broken but fixable and aren't we all like this samaritan woman we're all broken we've all had our struggles and our times where we ran from god and our times where we felt wounded by life the encounter of jesus christ and the samaritan woman is not a random meeting it was planned by god and it depicts jesus love and his mercy for us for her and for all of us desperate for a satisfying life The woman at the well is now forever changed by the love of God. And she uses her story. She becomes an evangelist. And she tells others about the living water that she found in Jesus Christ. And I believe that in Acts chapter 8, when Philip took the gospel of Jesus Christ to to Samaria, I believe that she was one of the ones who was baptized in the mighty name of Jesus who went on to be filled with the Spirit when Peter and John arrived on the scene. I believe that she really got that living water that Jesus had told her about. I believe that she was part of that great Samaritan revival in Acts chapter 8. And you know what she did by going into the city and telling everyone, that's all Jesus wants from you. We don't have to shove scriptures down people's throats. We don't have to to bug people about religion. Just go and tell someone. Go and tell someone about the marvelous grace that he's given you. That he brought you from darkness into his marvelous light. Tell a few people and watch what happens. I believe that the first thing that she thought when Jesus offered her living water was that her sins disqualified her. My friends, have you ever felt condemnation? You know, that the feeling of condemnation when the devil comes roaming around whispering the lie that we can never be changed, that we can never be accepted by God because of what we've done. I've felt that feeling before. I've felt condemnation before. The enemy saying, God can't love you. God doesn't want a relationship with you. Look how you've lived. Look at the mistakes you've made and the sins, the many sins that you've committed. The woman would have been crushed by the weight of her shame and her guilt. Yet, Jesus offers her living water. Jesus tells her in an intimate conversation, he tells her what real worship is. Worshiping in spirit and in truth. Look at the demoniac in Mark chapter 5. He's demon possessed, running around, cutting himself with stones and screaming. He's broken, but guess what? He's fixable. Jesus Christ set him free, and then he became an evangelist. Read it for yourself. Mark chapter 5 says that he published abroad everywhere what great things the Lord had done for him. Look at blind Bartimaeus. He was blind, sitting by the roadside begging. He was broken, but guess what? He was fixable. Jesus healed him, and he followed Jesus in the way. 
You look at the man at the pool of Bethesda. He had been crippled for over 30 years waiting for a miracle. And he was broken. But he was fixable, praise God. And Jesus healed him and set him free. Are you feeling broken today? Are you feeling like your damaged goods that life has just broken you in half? You can have the same experience that this Samaritan woman had. Let Jesus Christ mend your broken heart today. Let Jesus Christ take the depression and the anxiety and the fear and the brokenness. You can have living water. But I'm broken, you might say. It doesn't matter. You're fixable. But I need help. I'm a mess. I'm broken. Doesn't matter. Jesus loves you. You're fixable. But I'm damaged goods. I'm broken. It doesn't matter. You're fixable. He loves you. My friends, Jesus is more than a story. He's not a fairy tale. He is real. And His love is real. His mercy and His grace are real. Turn to Him today and let Him fix those broken places. Father, I thank You right now and I ask You to touch every single person that is listening. I pray that You would touch them right now, those that are broken, those that are hurting, those that don't know where to turn. Just like this Samaritan woman, Lord, I'm asking You to fix them, to touch them, to heal them, to give them living water. Oh, Lord, they're... They feel broken, but I know that they are fixable through you. I thank you for doing it right now, Lord. And I give you praise for it in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Man, what an awesome story that is. The woman at the well. Broken, but fixable. Thank you so much for joining us today. I am your host, Douglas Boyd, and this is the Inspire Preaching Podcast. If this podcast is a blessing to you, please don't forget to subscribe to it. We're on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere that you can get a podcast, you can find the Inspire Preaching Podcast. Again, thank you so much. May God's greatest and his best be yours in the Lord Jesus Christ. God bless you.